0: Thank you for joining us for the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. And remember, if you are ever in our area, please stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. Now, let's join Pastor George Logan for today's message.
1: Principles based upon predictable consequences or actions or conditions um, such as the law of supply and demand. things that these actions will give us a good indication as to what will happen. That's what laws are. These actions will give us a good indication as to what will happen. So if we can determine by our actions something that will happen, um, it kind of takes the, the, the um, uh, chance out of it. You know, sometimes I think most of us live by that. We think that our actions are going to deem different things, that they're, they're going to turn out differently. Uh, no, not, and we, we, we get to the end of it when, that, when, the, when, when we get the response to our actions and we wonder why uh, it's things aren't are what we expected, it's because of the actions that we've done. And so, um, what do they say about insanity? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, right? Now, if we do the same thing over and over again, and over and over again, and over and over again, it it, it stands to reason we're going to get the same thing, always. So there's always, um, there's always a need for us to judge and look at, evaluate what we're doing. And there's some laws that God has taught us in the Word of God, that if we will adhere to these laws, we'll get the outcome, we'll get what the outcome, uh, uh, the predictable outcome and so let's look at some things. I want everyone to stand to your feet right quick. This is not one of them, but this just came to my, into my spirit as we were, we were thinking about it this morning. Okay, I'm just going to look out here real quick um, as you're standing up. Okay, everyone, please sit down right quick. Okay, now stand back up again if you don't mind. Okay, let's just stand up one more time. And then, then have a seat again. All right, thank you. All right. So, as I was looking out, I noticed that no one was fearful of sitting down. Why is that? Why were you not fearful of sitting down? You knew a seat was under you, right? What told you that there was a seat up under you? What? You saw it, didn't you? You saw it. You engaged your senses. You saw the seat. Some of you may have uh, sat down with your hands back first, you know, maybe to just kind of break the fall a little bit. But you still engaged your senses. But I didn't see anyone fearful. I didn't see anyone anxious. I didn't see anyone worried. I didn't see anyone crying. I didn't see any of those actions when you were asked to stand up and sit back down. Why is that? As Beth said, it's because you saw something. You saw it, right? You saw it. Well, the same is true with the word of God. When we can see it, it removes all fear. When we can see the word of God, it removes fear. So a good indicator as to whether or not I'm operating faith or not is fear. That means I need to work on what I'm seeing. The Bible tells us to meditate upon the word of God day and night. That you might observe to do. uh, Meditate so that you might observe to do. Which simply means meditate until you can see it. Until you can imagine. Until you can see what you are believing God for. You can see it and then that will remove concerns and fears and doubts and unbelief. Because there's something on the inside. We live in an invisible world. We are spirit beings living in an invisible world. We are in this world, but we're not of this world. We are in an invisible world. And the better we're able to see that invisible world, the more confidence we'll have to move forward in it without fear, without anxiety. When I can see it in my heart of hearts, when I can see it in my spirit, engage my soul, there's a feeling attached to that. There, there's something that tells me everything's going to be all right. Everything may look like it's bad, but I see something that you can't see. That's why, I, again, um, Elijah said to Gehazi, I open up his eyes so that he's able to see. Once you're able to see into the invisible realm, well, no matter what it is that you're needing God to speak to you or we're needing God to see. I was thinking about that the other morning, and I was thinking about Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Believe that you should receive them and you shall have them. And I said, you know, what does it mean to believe that I have received? It means to believe that I have received means that that I have, I have it. I have it. When I can believe I have it, then it will come to pass. But it's not until I believe I have it is when it, comes to pass. In other words, there's a a certainty about it. There's something so very real about, I can see it. I can see it happening. So that's not the lesson today, but that's, I want to keep injecting faith while we're going along, right? Because we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by our faith sight but not our eyesight. Alright, so we're going to talk about today the law of faithfulness and the law of either priority or persistence, one of the two, whichever one I feel fits best. So let's go in our Bibles to, what, was, what law did we cover last week? The law of humility and the law of no opinion. How many have been working on the law of no opinion? Anyone else been working on the law? How many have found it a little difficult with the law and no opinion? Yes. All right. So turn to Luke. All right, Luke chapter 16. And we're going to start reading at verse 1. The law of faithfulness. The law of faithfulness. And Jesus told this story to his disciples. There was a certain rich man who had a manager handling his affairs. And one day, a report came that the manager was wasting his employer's money. The manager, again, that would be like a steward. That would be someone who, who is not the owner, but the one who is responsible for the things that the owner has. So the employer called him in and said, what's this I hear about you? Get your report in order because you are going to be fired. The manager thought to himself, Now what? My boss has fired me. I don't have the strength to dig ditches, and I'm too proud to beg. Somebody, what did someone just say in your head? (laughs) So that's where he got this song from. (laughs) Ah, I know how to ensure that I'll have plenty of friends who will give me a home when I am fired. So we invited each person who owed money to his employer to come and discuss the situation. He asked the first one, how much do you owe him? And the man replied, I owe him 800 gallons of olive oil. So the manager told him, take the bill and quickly change it to 400 gallons. And how much do you owe my employer? He asked the next man, I owe him 1,000 bushels of wheat, was the reply. Here, the manager said, take the bill and change it to 800 bushels. The rich man had to admire the dishonest rascal for being so shrewd. And it is true that the children of this world are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than the children of the light. Here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. And then when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. So here, and this is not the lesson that I'm going to share, but I want us to look at something real quick because I, 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 this this particular uh, scripture always challenged me, uh, as it I'm sure has done others. And the challenge is why would why would Jesus, in some ways, praise this guy who was doing something under the table? And then he said this: he said, "The children of the world are 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 are." a little more shrewder. They're a little more forward thinking than the children of the kingdom. And here's what I believe he was saying and we'll see a little later on in scripture. He says that they were using money as a tool. They were using money as a tool to benefit them and to get ahead and they were forward thinking. They were thinking, okay, I'm trying to get over here so let me do these things with the money. Let me, let me make these kinds of deals. And so it made me think about it in regards to us because the scripture is going to lead to that. What we are to do also with money is to use it for the purposes of advancing the kingdom. To look forwardly and think about how do we best use money to benefit the kingdom of God. So that when we do go to heaven, there are going to be people there who will be there awaiting us saying thank you for what you did with the money that you had to advance the kingdom. Thank you so much for the plans and, uh, uh, that, you have, that you have allowed to go forward. Things that you've allowed to, to, uh, uh, to take place because you were shrewd with money. You were using your money the right way. And we'll see later on here. Verse 10, it says, If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with the things of your own? And I'm going to stop right there, but I want to get to 13 and 14 in just a minute. But it says something here. Many times when we're trying to get somewhere, we are looking out here to get there when the resources necessary for us to get there are right there within our hands. If you're trying to go somewhere, don't look out there for something you don't have to get there. Look at what you have. Whatever you have is your ticket. That's how you're going to get there. So many times we're like, oh, I hope this will happen. I hope we're going to go here. I hope we're going to do this. And God is saying, no, you're going to get wherever you're going to go based upon how well you are using the resources you have right now, whatever they may be. What do you have? Well, I got a little bit of time. Use it. What do you have? Well, I have some excess um, clothing. Use it. Well, I've got a little bit of money. How much money? I got a quarter. Maybe someone might need a quarter. He says, he that lendeth to the poor lendeth to the Lord. I was thinking about that the other day. You know what? Um, A way of us moving forward. You know, many times we're looking for for the big cash cow or we're using the lotto. We're thinking that we're going to get ahead with the lotto or whatever. And, And nothing wrong with that. If that's your thing, you do it. You know, I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm not saying anything. But if you can't afford to lose that money to the lotto, don't do it. So the, the law of faithfulness, the law of faithfulness says, what are you doing with what you have? What are you doing with what you have? That's, that's the law of faithfulness. What are we doing with what we have? We can complain about not having something, you know, or not having this or not having that. But what are, what are we doing with what we have? Because whatever we're doing with what we have will constitute what we're going to get in the future. That's a law. So many times we want something, we want big, we want this, we want that, but we're not being faithful with what we have. What we have. You know, when Abraham, excuse me, Moses, when he was uh, about to part the Red Sea, God asked him a question. What was the question he asked him? He said, what do you have in your hand? So what do you have in your hand? What do you have? What do I have? What do we have in our hand, people? What do you have? What what is it that you have that is yours? What gift do you have that you can give? Because to the degree that you're faithful with that particular gift will be to the degree that you're going to get more. What do you have in your hand? I want to be this. Well, what do you have in your hand? I want to do this, but what what do you have in your hand? I want to have more. What, What do you have in your hand? How many of you have surplus? You have more clothes than you really wear. More shoes than you could ever wear in a year. How many of you... How many of you, if you gave $20 a week to someone, would really miss that $20? You just went out of stewardship, like like Jill was saying earlier. Just ask, ask, what can I do with this $20? How many of you have a surplus of $20 a week? Anyone? That you could just, you could literally go around town once a week and just give someone twenty dollars. Think about that for a minute. Just, just think about what do I have in my hand? Because the steward is asking. The steward says, okay, whatever you have in excess, if you're faithful with it, so it entails with stewardship asking the owner what do you want me to do with your stuff? And the Bible tells us this, what do you have that you did not receive? Well, Why do you, why do you act that like it's yours if you, if it's And you receive praise for it as though you came up with with it yourself. So every day the question should be asked, God, what do you want me to do with this voice you've given me? God, what do you want me to do with this money that you've blessed me with? God, what do you want me to do with all the things that I have in my life that are yours? I know I don't always ask first thing in the morning. I should, but sometimes I forget to ask. God, what do you want me to do with your stuff today? And that's when life becomes exciting, is when we're starting to look for things. And if we're really, really concerned about doing or being faithful with his stuff, then that will be the question. Just like Joe, Joe had to have that dog. I'm, not, I'm just trying to imagine that, that dog pulling you by the leg, Joe. But God was trying to get him to be a good steward that day of his time. Joe had time that day. He wasn't in a hurry. He was walking around the track. God says, I'm trying to tell you something, knucklehead. I'm going to get the dog to speak to you by pulling your leg back so you'll go in the direction that I want to. Now listen, that's where life really becomes exciting when we take everything that we have that is his and say, God, what do you want me to do with it? I got a few extra minutes today, God, what do you want me to do with it? I got a little extra money today, God. What do you want me to do with it? Every day. What is the ATL? Ask the Lord. Every day. Every day. Ask the Lord. Every day. God, what do you want me to do with your stuff today? And therein lies advancement. Everybody wants to move up the ladder. Everybody wants to move forward. Everybody wants more. But the key to more. Is faithfulness and responsibility and taking care of what you do have. Everyone say this: Ask the Lord. So, what if we really began to do that, that that one thing? Ask God, what what do you want me to do with my day? Where do you want me to go today, Lord? Who do you want me to go see? Or do you want me to go see someone? Or just just a general question. God, what do you want me to do today? And what we'll find out, I'm, I'm glad my friend is here. I've missed you. I've missed you. Where you been? I know you've been in school. I'm talking about you. You. <laughs> and I, I use this story because um, we were, when, when we were in Guatemala, I've shared this before. We were in Guatemala and we did that, that, that asked the Lord and we went and, and s- simple. It, see, we make things so so eerily unusable, if I can say that, eerily unusable. And in other words, we are expecting God to come down in a burning bush or, you know, uh, the, 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 the uh, what do you call it, the stone tablets, the Moses up on top of the hill with the the Ten Commandments. And we're asking God, we, we won't move until the stone comes. And the stone's not going to come. It's never going to come. But we can ask the Lord, God, what do you want me to use, do with your stuff today? So we were there, and we were just praying, right, Ariana? And then Ariana had this, what did you say? I see kids, right? I see youth or kids or something like that. Youth? She said, I see youth. And then someone else I don't know how we... It, so did someone see a cemetery? Well, what did we see? I can't remember, but we ended up at the cemetery, right? We just went going and we went to the cemetery in the middle of the day, folk. In the middle of the day by simply asking a simple question. God, what do you want... What, Ask the Lord, what do you want us to do today? So one person got youth. Other person got whatever. But anyway, we ended up at the cemetery. We went to the cemetery... And there was a funeral that day. And at that funeral, a young person who was probably about their age at the time, because you guys were how old? High schoolers? 17, 18 years old when we were in Guatemala. And so a young man had just gotten, had died, and they were having his funeral and his procession after the funeral. And all of these young people were at the cemetery. I mean, like tons of them. Had come. We had gotten there before them, and so it still didn't make a whole lot of sense until, until we saw people standing by this this um, particular uh, gravesite. Their 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 tombs are above ground, and then we saw this this, this pr- procession of people and kids with their with their um, uniforms on, all coming to the cemetery at the same time we were there. Ask the Lord. He knows his agenda for the day. We need not make an agenda outside of his agenda. That's what faithfulness is all about. God, God, what do you want me to do to do today? Oh, okay. If he doesn't tell you anything, you just carry on. It's still his stuff. So we get there to the cemetery, and all these people come, and then our host, um, what's his name? Gabriel. Gabriel said uh he talked to the to the one of the uh, superintendents of the schools or the people watching over the kids, he says, these people are from America. Would you mind them talking to your children uh, or to your students about the Lord? And right in the middle of the cemetery, right after the funeral, we're sitting there and we're ministering the word of God to these kids that are there simply through a simple, simple ask the Lord. That can happen in the grocery store. That can happen at school. That can happen at work. That can happen this afternoon when you go and have dinner. Just ask the Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Uh, We have uh, have something in our neighborhood right now that that I keep going by and I get this sensation. This sensation that I'm supposed to to do something about it. But I'm waiting for the dog to pull me by the leg. And then I know it's God. No, I keep getting this sensation and and that's how God begins to move in our lives because it's not ours. Your time is not your time. Your money is not your money. Your gift is not your gift. It's God's. So we're we're faithful to do that. And many times we miss opportunities for advancement because we've not been faithful over the little. We're wondering why is this not happening in my life. Be faithful over the little stuff. The little things. Things that are within our control. There's this other thing that every time I go by it, I get a pull. And I know God, I said, God, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for you to give me a, another, but but another what, what, uh, thing to kind of edge this thing together. And, and, and I just I get this sense that God is moving me in a particular direction. But it happens with the small things. Went to visit someone just recently, just on a leading. Just on a leading, and Jesus said this when he was when he was at the well uh, um, with the lady who um, who was uh, the lady at the well. Excuse me. Exactly the one that had the five husbands. Exactly. So so again, he was showing us how to be out of control but in control. In other words, God wanted to do something. So they went and got some food that day His disciples. And Jesus stayed there by the well. He says, I have need to go through Samaria. Listen to me. I have need to go through Samaria. In other words, I'm persuaded that I need to stop by Samaria. It wasn't common for Jews to go through Samaria. And Jesus says, I have need to go through Samaria. And so he sit there at that well, waited at that well. A lady came to the well, and he began to make up conversation with this lady at the well, found out that she had been married five times, and she just knew he must have been a prophet. And then she said, you know, you know give me some water. And she said, you know, you know, but I don't have anything to dip the well in and so on and so forth. And then he gave him some water, and he, says, he said, I, I have the living water. And she started a revival in that community just because he was faithful to do the little things. It may be a small thing to pick up a phone one day because you're just prompted, I need to call someone. How many times have you said, you know, I just feel like I need to call you but didn't call? How many times have we had people just kind of run through our minds and, and, and they were just something that just kind of, they popped up. You were just walking, running and doing work and someone just popped up in you and you didn't respond. He that is faithful and little. Have you ever had this sensation happen to you? You're in the grocery line and, and God says to you, um, pay for the person's groceries. Just just, just pull out the money and pay for it. God is working on both ends. He's trying to meet a need, but he's also trying to get more into your life. He that is faithful in little things. I don't know why, but, but my daughter, she's really, really sensitive to, um, uh, how to how to get stuff. So one day, you know what she did? The power of sensitivity to the spirit. She called her, her her mom and asked for some money. And then right after, she called me and asked for some money. It was an $80 turnaround in her life that day <laughs> because neither the two of us knew that she was asking for the other one for money. But what was she doing? Now, now that was nothing spiritual about that whatsoever. <laughs> Except this, and it's not, is that, that she was, she had a prompting. I don't, I don't think it was from the Spirit of God. It was from the flesh. But she had a prompting, and she followed through with that prompting, and it gained her something. Now, she didn't lie to one, either one of us. She just didn't tell the other one that she had contacted the other person. I, I use that only as an example of following leadings. Sometimes those leadings are of the flesh. But but most often when you're not even thinking about it and you all of a sudden come to this realization, I need to do something, that can very well be the spirit of God. And that's who God called us to be. We're spiritual beings. Let's look at one other scripture along those lines. Well, let's finish this one out. The law of faithfulness. We want to move forward. We have to be faithful in what we have. It says, and you are not faithful with other people's, verse 12, and if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with the things of your own? No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. How do you know if you're enslaved to money? Does anyone know? How would you know that you're enslaved to money? The way you know whether or not you're enslaved to money is not on your day-to-day walk. it's when there's conflict between, when there's conflict between what God is telling you to do and what money is telling you to do. And so conflict comes in. We can all travel along as long as we've got a surplus of money and we're, we're doing good, and there may never be a sense where the two are, are competing with one another for for allegiance, but when we get to the point where should I, and we could just use tithe, should I give a tithe or should I give to what God is telling me to do or should I keep it for myself to serve a particular, another particular need then that's when you know whether you're serving God or you're serving money or whatever you deem your source is if my source is God, then whatever he tells me to do, then I'm able to do it. But if my source is money, then I make all my decisions based upon what money is telling me to do. And so many times you can't really tell it until there's, there's conflict between the two. What should I do? Should I take this money and use it for this purpose or should I take this money and use it for this? Should I take this job or should I not? Should, I, should all of those things come into... Um, which one you're serving. Now, let's look at another scripture along these same lines. Look at Luke chapter 19 and verse 26. Well, let's, let's start at the top. And the crowd was listening to everyone, Jesus, uh, the crowd, verse 11, the crowd was listening to everything Jesus said, and because he was nearing Jerusalem, he told them a story to correct, to correct the impression that the kingdom of God would begin right away. He said a nobleman was called away to a distant empire to be crowned king and then returned. Before he left, he called together ten of his servants and divided among them ten pounds of silver, saying, Invest this for me while I am gone. But his people hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, We do not want him to be our king. After he was crowned king, he returned and called in his servants to whom he had given the money. He wanted to find out what their profits were the first servant reported master I invested your money and made 10 times the original amount well done the king exclaimed you are a good servant you have been faithful with a little I had trusted to you so you will be governor of 10 cities as your reward the next servant reported master I invested your money and made five times the original amount well done the king said you will be governor over five cities but the third servant brought back all the original mo- amount of money and said, Master, I hid your money and kept it safe. I, have, I was afraid because you are a hard man to deal with, taking what isn't yours and harvesting crops you didn't plant. And you wicked you wicked servant, the king reward, roared, your own words condemn you. If you knew that I am a hard man who takes what isn't mine and harvests crops I didn't plant, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gone some, gotten some interest on it. Then, the, then turning to the other standing nearby, the king ordered, "Take the money from the servant and give it to the one who has ten pounds." But the master, but master, they said, he already has ten pounds. Yes, the king replied. And those who will, who use well what they are given, even more will be given. But from those who do nothing. Even what little they have will be taken away. And as for these enemies of the mind who didn't want to be their king, bring them in and execute them right here in the front of them. We see again another example of the bestowing or the distribution of goods that God gave people things and some of them used them and some of them did not. And so, again, the of uh, the law of, conf- of faithfulness is what, whatever, whatever we have in our hands, whatever God has given you, if you're faithful with it, more will come. It's very simple, isn't it? What, is, what is it? what do you have? Are you using it? Am I using it? Am I using it in such a way that he is advancing? Let's look at one more and then we'll be done. Let's look at the law of priority. Well, let's, persistence. Look at Luke chapter 18 and verse 6. Start with verse 1. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that, he, that they should always pray and never give up. And there was a judge in the certain city, who he, who he, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. And the judge ignored her for a while. But finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people. But this woman is driving me crazy. And I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from the unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the, in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant, he grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who will have faith? Now, many times we look at this particular scripture and we think that the the mold is this, to do what this woman did. And keep on asking and asking and asking and asking until we wear the judge out. But that's not what it's talking about here. It is talking about here, this judge is given a... a um, the opposite of God. So it says in this particular scripture, this woman came and she kept on asking and asking and asking. She said to the judge, please, please grant unto me justice. I want justice. Give me justice. And she just kept on and 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 kept on until the judge said, I don't want to hear it anymore. I can't stand this crazy woman asking me over and over and over again for this thing. And then finally, he granted her justice. Well, God says, and according to this particular scripture, that the persistence that we're to do is the persistence of faith. In other words, we don't have to ask God over and over again, but we do have to make his declaration that the judge said he has ruled in my favor on this particular subject. God has given me what he has judged on my behalf. So our role is this. Our role is to stay steadfast. Our role is to stay unmovable. Our role is to be uh, uh, unshakable, unmovable in the things of God by persistence. Persistently staying with the word of God. Stay with it. God has ruled in our favor, people. All of us. God has ruled in our favor. We lose our battles because we lose hope. We lose our battles because we don't stay in the game. We don't keep persisting by faith. We don't say it louder longer stronger than before we give up our faith we give up our words we keep we say something different and i hear it all the time i hear pray people they'll say one thing and the next thing when depending on the crowd they're with they change their their words they're no longer healed anymore they're now sick in their body now they're hurting all over but two minutes ago five minutes ago ten minutes ago in church they were doing good i believe i'm well and healed i believe god has healed my body Get out of this setting and all of a sudden they're no longer persistent anymore. God says, I have ruled in your favor. I've made a declaration on your behalf. Don't allow the enemy to steal it from you and steal it from us by saying something that is contrary to what he has decided already. God has already decided on our behalf. Are you all hearing me? God has already made a declaration on our behalf. Many times, for the sake of pity, maybe, or or the need to explain some things, uh, we just kind of give up. We lose our confession of faith. We lose it, and and we hear it slip, and then we got to start back over again. The law of persistence says, stay with it. He says, He's faithful who promised. When we give up, we're saying, God, I don't believe your promise. I don't believe what you said. Having the tenacity, having it to say, no, this is what I believe. This is what I believe concerning my children. This is what I believe concerning my finances. This is what I believe concerning the world. The minute we lose hope, we lose the battle. And our hope is what we see. That's why the enemy wants to come and infect our hope. He wants to come in and take our hope away from us. He wants to see, the reason I am here today, the reason God has me in in Burke County, and the reason I haven't folded up shop and given up is because I've got hope, people, but not only do I have hope, I have the word of God. I can see it still. I can see from the very day, and sometimes I lose sight. Sometimes a mountain comes by and covers what I've been seeing. And that's when I gotta speak to the mountain. Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, so that I won't doubt anymore. Sometimes an uh, overload of, 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 of clouds comes in, and I can't see it anymore. And I'm like, where is it at? I don't see it. Sometimes things that look like they're not working out. Sometimes I come in here on a Sunday morning, and it's about half full. And I'm like, oh, I need to step in hope. I need to speak the word of God. I need to believe what God sent me here for. Keep on believing. Keep on standing. Keep on saying what God has told us to say. Keep on teaching the uncompromised word of God. Don't fall for tricks of the enemy. Don't fall for cleverness. You know, sometimes we get to a point where when we lose hope, we begin to come up with gimmicks. Gimmicks here. Let me see if I can make this work because I do this gimmick. Let me see if I can make this work because I try this over here. Listen, whether we wear jeans to church or don't wear jeans to church, whether we look good or don't look good, if we go casual or not, that's not what causes us to be faithful. That's not what causes the Word of God to work in our lives. It is the Word of God. I don't care if everybody comes in jeans Or it comes in suits. It doesn't matter to me because it's not the jeans, it's not the suits that makes it happen. It's the word of God. Be persistent in believing the word of God. Are you all with me? We, we think that we, there's all these types of clever moves we need to make. Maybe we'll have, a, have people come in and let you secular dance so we can just dance and dance. Nothing wrong with dancing spiritually above, above the Lord, but we're not going to bring in uh, Usher in here and have a good dance party so that we can bring the children up and make them believe in, you know, no, we're not going to do that kind of stuff. We're going to be persistent with the Word of God. That's why we're here because on this solid rock, On that word is where it stands. So it doesn't really matter. All these other peripheral things, they will not stand and they may look like it, but you know, but cancers grow too. You understand what I'm saying? Cancers grow too. It doesn't mean that they're effective, it doesn't mean that they're working. When we stay away from the Word of God, and that's what we're talking, persistence in the Word of God. How many of us are reading the Word of God daily? How many of us are making confessions of faith daily upon the Word of God? How many of us still believe, still believe that this is my only answer? Still believe that I have nothing outside of the Word of God? This is all George Logan has. I don't have nothing else, people. I don't have nothing else. All I have is the word of God. My life, my hope in my children, my hope for my family is all based on the word of God. Will you be persistent in believing what God says about you, about your family, about your health, about your finance, about your city? Don't fly the coop. Don't believe that there's something out there that's better, that's more important. No, there is nothing else. This is our solid rock. The Bible tells a story about these two people in regards to persistence. He said there was one man who built his house upon the sand. And there was another man who persistently built his house upon the rock. And when the storms came, see, while you're building, you don't know what's coming. You don't know if there's a storm coming or not. You have no idea. So at the time, both of them look like they're working. It's not until you get a storm that you realize, my goodness, my house is built on the wrong kind of material. Don't be deceived, people, into thinking that, oh, we're all all good here. Everything is all right. No, you'll find out soon enough that unless you build your house upon the rock of the Word of God, unless you're persistent in that, there will be a storm that comes into your life, and it will rock your world. But if you're on the rock, if you're on the Word of God, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be concerned. It's the word of God that works. It's the word of God that works. And God said it this way. He said in his word, he said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man can come to the Father except through me. He says, I am the, I am the, I am the door. He says, I'm the door. He said, all others were thieves and robbers. He says, and the thief comes but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I want to stay with the word of God, people. Someone sent me a a message just the other day, and I read it, and it it was, I didn't think I was there yet, but he was talking about um, uh, the, 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 the phases of ministry. And he talked about the early phases. He talked about the middle age phases. And then he talked about the latter years of ministry. And, and I, asked, I asked, I said, well, well, well why are you send this to me? <laughs> because the message was about the latter years. 25 years we've been here. 25 years we've been faithful to do the Word of God. Have we been right in everything? Have we, could have we done some things better? Yes, we could have. I'm telling you. Sometimes i like, man, what was I ministering to 10 years ago, 20 years ago? But we've always stayed with the Word of God. We've always placed the Word first. I know there is a temptation to be, you know, and, and it's just not who I am. There's a temptation to to appeal to the masses in such a. You know what we could do? You know what, Leslie? You know what we could do? You know, we could go and hire all musicians. We could go out and hire the best that we can find in this area: best um, uh, uh, piano player, drummer, guitar player, um, uh, all of them. We got the best singers. We don't need to hire them. We could do all of that, people. We could do that. We could have a a full band every Sunday. And you know what? We could just, I mean, give you 10 minutes of the word and 35 minutes of a concert. (laughs) And guess what? It would impact the attendance for a little while. People will be happy for a little while. And I'm not saying that any of those things are wrong. I'm saying that you don't build your church on it. I spoke to a gentleman one day and, and I was out in the, in, the, uh, in the parking lot with these guys and, and this guy was telling me all about his, he and his father was telling me all about how God had saved his life and how, what God was doing in their lives. And they, we just sat there and talked about word of God. This other person came out and he said, you know, I'm, I'm contractually uh, playing for a particular church. He says, and, and that's what I do. I, I contract, I go to, I play a particular instrument and I go to these churches and I, and I play for this church. And, and um, uh, he never once did he engage in the conversation of the salvation and the healing and what God was doing and how we were getting happy. Oh, he was. And then when we got really deep in it, you know what? He left. Now, I don't want to judge incorrectly. But man, we were having a Christian party right there. We were having a testimonial of the goodness of God. I I put that out there because alone, persistence. We're going to do it the Word of God's way. We're going to do it the Word of God's way. We're not going to build our house on programs. We're not going to build our house on entertainment value. We're going to build it on the Word of God. Because who's going to come and play when you're sick? Who's going to heal your body apart from the Word of God? I don't know why I'm going down this road other than the fact that we're going to be persistent. We're going to be persistent. I said, we're going to stay with the word of God. We're going to let God add to the church as he so chooses. Someone asked me, well, why don't you go and hire some musicians? Well, you know what? God ain't told me to. I had a guy, he went out and hired, and I went to his church one time. He hired some musicians, and guess what? They were rehired by someone else, and they all left. Literally, I mean, they all left. And they were good I was there. They were real good. I mean, they can make this place hop. But someone came, a higher bidder came, and guess what? They left. And I think this, this, this pastor, I think, I thought, he, that he may have thought that this was the answer. The, this is the answer. If I have this, this is the answer. The one thing that will never leave us and never forsake us is God's word. We can always go to the word. We can't control humans, but we can stand on the word of God. Are y'all hearing me today? I said, are you hearing me today? Don't give up. Don't lose heart. God has ruled on your behalf. God has ruled in your favor. You may look like, seem like you're going the opposite of the world. You may seem like you're the only one doing what you're doing. But I'm here to tell you, it will produce for you. If you stay with the word of God, word of God, do you hear me? No matter what, stay with it. On Christ's solid rock I stand. All other ground is what? Sinking sand. Think about that just for a minute. Think about that just for a minute. So we're going to stand with the word of God. I said we're going to stand with the word of God. We're going to persist with the word of God. We're going to keep on keeping on with the word of God. We're going to believe that God has ruled in our favor and we reign in life through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. That's what we're going to believe. That's what we're going to keep on believing. We're not going to give up. We're not going to start believing in other stuff, you know. We're not going to go with fads. We're not going to, if the word, you know, the word of God's been around a long time and, and it has never changed. And how. How we get to the point where we start making things seem like, you know, relativism and that this is okay and that. No, it's not okay. Let me just say this last thing and then we'll close, okay? I I mentioned an article about the churches around the world and the the Anglican churches here in America who have... uh, have uh brought in liberalism, they are tanking. They're falling. They're dying. Because people have just been acceptant of all kinds of stuff. The Anglican church, which would be your Episcopalian churches and 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 some of your 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 Methodist churches uh, that some of them are tanking right now. They're they're going through great division right now. They're falling apart. But in Africa, they're thriving. Because Africans said, no, we ain't ain't doing nothing but the word of God here. We're not going to have all this liberal uh, bull stuff in our church. And they're thriving. And they're getting stronger. Because they're staying with the word of God. I will not... Listen to me. I will not open the door for the enemy to come in just through some good work. God's done done. God done done too much for me. And I will not degradate his name by saying we're equal to or like any other thing that's out there. Contrary to the word. I'm going to be persistent. You're going to be persistent. Y'all going to keep on standing on the word? They call, they call post-Christian. They call America now post-Christian. That means that, that these ideals are, are old. Let me tell you something. They're not old. They're relevant to everything that we go through in life. They're still good today as they were yesterday. Don't change with the times, people. These folk out there, some of them just lost their cotton-picking minds. I'm telling you, they lost their minds. They're saying stuff that's like, are you crazy? Your grandmama would have slapped you for saying that. Amen.
0: You've been listening to the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church please visit us at our website at www.newdaycc.com. Again, that's www.newdaycc.com. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please tell others. And if you ever get the opportunity, please come visit us at New Day Christian Church.